The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. LL Pavorsky Jewelers, the Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners going to get engaged. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds, where Norman sleeps. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky and you get the process pup patches and stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, statesidevodka.com. And to subscribe to the newsletter, which I am writing in tomorrow, writes to rickysanchez.com slash newsletter. Mike and I rotate weeks. On the show today, the Sixers sign a player who can dunk. However, it seems like that player and one James Harden may be mortal enemies. A long-rumored future Sixer is about to hit the trade market. Should I be able to watch the Sixers if James Harden is playing? And Nick Nurse says Joel Embiid should play more. That's right. If you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe. We are about 300 subscribers away from 12,000. We'd love to get to 12,000 before the season starts. If we don't, CJ will be sacrificed. Stateside, Urban Craft Vodka. It is. First, it was the official, the Surfside was the official drink of the summer. It's the official drink of the fall now. That's right. You want a nice, easy, lightly sweet, smooth, only 100 calories, few grams of sugar, Mm. best iced tea and vodka out there. It is the Surfside. You got to get Surfside. Everybody knows. Simply the best one. I'm not going to share the brand of it, but a a new iced tea, alcohol iced tea drink came out. There's carbonation in it. What the fuck are they doing? There's no carbonation in iced tea. And that's why Surfside does not have carbonation. Try the regular flavor of the peach tea and vodka, the iced tea lemonade and vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com. Bark in the Park team, sponsored by our friends at Mortgage CS and LL Pavorsky Jewelers. We have raised $5,500 so far, up to 28 members. We want to raise $15,000. That's right, $15,000 for Providence Animal Center. You show up October 21st. You don't have to run. You don't have to walk. If you want to, I'll be running. I'll be walking, whatever. Show up and pick up your T-shirt. Just sign up at the link in this podcast description. And finally, we have a special version of our intro song. That's right, a cover of Amos and the Chef from Philly's own Marion Hill. Marion Hill, Jeremy and Sam. They are playing one show this year at World Cafe Live, one show the whole year, Marion Hill, October 11th as part of the Philly Music Fest. Revenue from ticket sales goes to support Philadelphia music educators. Marion Hill, Saturn, Trap Rabbit, Ryan Gilfillian, Julia Pratt, Sophie Corin, all Philly artists. Again, it is October 11th at World Cafe Live. You can buy tickets. We will put you, we will put the link in the description of this pod. And for the here is the brand new official cover of We Were Right from Marion Hill. We were right, y'all. We were right. Even when it went wrong, we were right. We were right, y'all. We were right. So say the name.
Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with the first member of Team Ricky to own Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment Gear. That is our very own Mike Levin. This is a watch. You got to watch this one. Wow. Oh my God. We got whoa, whoa, that's it. me. That's bullshit. Oh we my got God. It. Her- HB Sports Entertainment Turnpike Throwdown. Is this called a penny? Is that what we would call this? I think just a jersey. Jersey? It is yeah. reversible? It is reversible. Oh. It is reversible. Wow. On the inside, too. One has to wonder where this would have come from. The power World. of the podcast. <laughs> what Did Harris or Blitzer send it to us himself? Who knows? Who knows? Do we have someone in the organization? Moles. Moles in the organization? <laughs> Is CJ putting on all black and breaking into Harris Blitzer and only stealing a jersey, leaving billions of dollars of money behind for some reason? Oh, we took the jersey. The jersey is ours. I'm wearing it to play basketball immediately after the podcast. We'll see how I play. If I play poorly, we know who to blame. Scott O'Neill. Now, I, yeah. Now, I don't know if this is... I, I don't know the exact where this came from, but we do know that Scott O'Neill loved to have media versus team basketball yeah. games just so he could win the MVP or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know the if rest were, were bought and paid for. <laughs> I don't know if Harris Blitzer had their own basketball, their own basketball jersey and their own game without the media. Can I just see it one more time? Yes. There have Turn, to be hats. Turnpike throwdown. <laughs> HB Sports Entertainment Turnpike Throwdown. I look forward to getting uh-huh. the Washington Commanders version of this uh, and a football jersey and then a soccer penny, whatever it is. Every rival that the, the, Phil, the city of Philadelphia has, there's an alternate jersey and fully corrupt pickup game of that particular sport. So if I'm to it. guess Turnpike Throwdown, I bet it's the... North Jersey Harris Blitzer team versus the South Jersey Harris Blitzer team because they have the right. Devils. That wow. Right. Yeah. I, lo- I can't wait to hear more. I can't wait to hear the, I can't wait to get the text message. Ha ha. Where did you get that though? I, <laughs> from, <laughs> from, someone, from someone inside. We got it. So here we, we go. We can do anything. I could acquire, I, I could acquire a, a, a three and D big man. You all of a sudden know. they're on, they're under contract. Yep. I have you can do anything as long as you do it all. Jersey. Yeah. Also, I did like that intro song. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Sam and Jeremy from Marion Hill, big Sixers fans. I actually get the sense Jeremy is the bigger Sixers fan, but, and Sam just plays along, but that's the, that's the, the, uh, they did a great job. Jeremy does a great job. Sam does a great job. So thank you. Uh, remember that show is October 11th. So we got this voicemail to kick off the first segment, 833 Lickface. Hey, Spike, Mike, and CJ, and Daryl, I'm going to include you on this one. Daryl, thank you for signing Kelly Oubre. Like, he was, I can't believe you did it. I mean, it was somebody I was looking at on June 20th and June 29th, but this would be a good fit. And holy shit, Daryl went out and signed him. So this is, I mean, it's not trading, but it's a great fit. And Daryl, you're off my shit list for now. The Sixers signed Kelly Oubre Jr. or expected to sign Kelly Oubre Jr. to a one-year deal. 
He was a free agent after scoring 20 points a game with Charlotte last year, a terrible Charlotte team. He has long been a theoretical 3 and D player, though it does not seem to play a ton of defense or hit threes at a very good rate. I have to say, along with, I think, many people in our little community, when I first see the name Kelly Oubre, I'm like, oh, wow, he's good, right? Since we've been doing this podcast, I have never received such back-channel negative feedback on any signing they've ever made as I did for Kelly Oubre from the Golden State, uh, from his time with Golden State and then his time with Charlotte. Just a, you wouldn't believe how bad he is and how bad, how badly other players like playing with him from a couple of different places. It was incredibly negative. I have to say, I can't even remember watching him over the last couple of years, barely. So I don't have any comment on it. Mike, your thoughts. I mean, he obviously can dunk and he can run and he is younger than 40. So those are all pluses, but that's all I've got at this point. I love it. It's a great signing. Objective, objectively great signing. Well, great. It's, I mean, he was a, a guy who agent. scored 20 points a game last year at the minimum, who plays a wing position. Yeah. When, where the Sixers had essentially Dan House and nobody else. And Dan House was most of the time not in the rotation last year. This is a great signing. It cost them nothing. He is still young. He's 20, what is he, 27, 28? 27. Uh, he went to Kansas the year after Joel. It's a little, it's a, it's a minor pander, but it is, a, it, I'm qualifying it as a pander. It is an absolute, it's the, their previous best signings, Mo Bamba and Pat Beverly. Like it wasn't, it was not a banner off season. And so the fact that they get a guy who can score a little bit, can defend a little bit, has a athletic body, was getting paid a lot of money over the past few years. And a lot of, the, you know, Christian Wood got a lot more of the, how is this guy still unsigned? He sucks, though. I think Kelly Oubre is a better player than Christian Wood. Um, and you can win with Kelly Oubre in the sense that, like, he's a theoretical for sure. That's why he's not playing. That's why he's not getting $20 million a year. But he's a, he's a capable on both, potentially capable on both ends wing player. Whereas Christian Wood, you can't put him, you can't really put him at the four and you can't really put him at the five um, defensively. So I, I definitely like the signing. Um, I think the the hope is, you know, there's, there's the, there's the best case and the worst case, right? Worst case is he's extremely inefficient. He is not that good of a three point shooter. He shot 31% from three last year. I think he's a career 32 or 33%. 30. He's had a couple of better years. It was high volume last year in Charlotte. Um, worst case is he can't really shoot. He, you know, dogs it on the defensive end, doesn't play that hard. Um, does a little bit too much, you know, worst version of Tobias or Julius Randle style, like here's time for my ISOs type of thing. Um, and he's out of the rotation. That's can the I, worst case scenario. And, it, and it's for the minimum. So like if he's out I of give, the rotation, then he's one of, let me keep going. Cause okay. I, I'm going cause he's, he's the, he's, there's plenty of other minimum guys that will be out of this rotation. So I think the worst case scenario is really like completely fine compared to plenty of other people. And then like 12 through 15 on this roster, there's 
he is at least has upside. I don't mind bumping them from the spot. The best case scenario is he is a capable offensive player who uh, got a real wake up call this offseason when he wasn't given any contract uh, of value after scoring 20 points a game on a really horrendous Charlotte team. Um, and this, but this is, I mean, this is what they should be doing. Like he's still young. He's still athletic. He could in a good season, hold up on both ways. He's cheap. Um, because he was so inefficient in a big role in a shitty team. And the hope is as the like seventh option on this team, instead of the like second or third, his percentages will tick up. Uh, he shot, uh, 41% on threes in the corner, which is nice. I appreciate that. He shot 30% on pull-up threes. He will not be taking pull-up threes on this roster. Um, he cuts, he can dunk like a legitimate dunker, like in traffic and stuff. He never passes. Absolutely never passes. Um, MOC was talking about him, like maybe in the a Matisse style role where you come and put him on like a, a good offensive player. He's a wing body, throw him on there. And he's obviously a far better offensive player than Matisse. So much better than it's in, that. It's like a different looking sport. Uh, he's left-handed. He's handsome. He dresses cool. Like, there is no, aside from the Harden thing, which we can talk about, but like, there's just no, the downside is nothing. He's a, he's a minimum contract who is still athletic. And when you compare him to like Trez, who's nearly dead, Danny Green, who is dead, Petrushev, who should, maybe doesn't deserve to be in the NBA, Korkmaz, who's on his 18th trade request, Pat Beverly, who's like 5'11", and, podcaster. and a podcaster, like that, this is a great signing. Like it might not work out super well. But the worst case scenario is it's fine. And the best case is they have another rotation wing that they can actually use and throw on guys. And I could see a world where Kelly like starts some games. Um, Not a good indication of like where the Sixers are, but (laughs) he played on a really, really bad Charlotte team where LaMelo was out up a good chunk of the season. um, And he like put in points and hopefully now he can go, okay, I've done that, you know, Aaron Gordon style, Jeremy Grant style, whatever. I'm now ready to contribute on a positive team. And the Warriors thing, it's like, Kelly's mostly been on really bad teams for his career. And the Warriors were obviously the one very good team that he was on. The war just because he doesn't work in the Warriors style, like very specific Steph Curry, Draymond Green o- offense, where like you need to have so much read and react, so much flow, doesn't mean he's not capable of in a more, you know, normal or obviously worse offense that he couldn't be he couldn't fill a role and be useful. So I like it. I think it's real I think it, it could help a lot. It could be nothing, but um, I think it's great. I'm very glad that they signed him. Okay. I'm going to read you to, to be clear headline minimum contract. Don't care. They haven't signed anybody. It's been one of the worst off seasons in the history of Philadelphia sports. Don't care that much. It's fine. He was a free agent at the end of September and he scored 20 points a game at he's 27 years old. That's important to note, yeah, but I want to read you some, great. some text messages and just some quotes and just have you react to them. I would say from people that I trust, let's say, both in, I I won't even identify where. We'll do that right after we talk about the official law firm of the process. That is one, Kornblau and Kornblau, the official law firm of the process. I'm going to be honest with you. This is me being honest with you. A lot of people, you, are, are going to be at some point in your life hurt in a way that you had not planned on. Many times, this is the fault of 
somebody else, whether it is a drunk driving accident, when they're injured at work, slip and fall, yada, yada, yada. And it sucks. It really sucks. But if you have somebody like Adam Kornblau in your corner, then if you decide to move forward on a personal injury lawsuit, you will have the best in your corner. You see, you hear in you hear advertisements for personal injury law firms a lot, but most of them are horseshit in that they are just sort of referral phone numbers. So you call, you see the advertisement, you see somebody on a billboard, you hear them on a commercial, whatever, and you call there and they're really just referring you to a different law firm. You never get them, but that's not with Cornblow and Cornblow. Several offices in the Delaware Valley, but we'll come to you. You don't have to go to there, we'll come to you. We'll keep you updated and informed the entire process, which could be, it can be a couple of years, can be two, three, four years, who knows? If you're going to go through this, if you need a lawyer, if you need a personal injury lawyer, nobody better than Cornblow and Cornblow. Been there four decades, some of the biggest medical malpractice results in all of Southeastern PA, but all kinds of personal injury. Like I said, car accident, slip and fall, injured at work, whatever. If you've been hurt, do not be a hero. Just call Cornblow. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam. You're going to get our guy, Adam. Or email Cornblau, K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U at Cornblau and Cornblau.com. Cornblau and Cornblau, the official law firm of the process. All right. You ready? Sure. He just plays and shoots and defends as if no one else was playing. Sometimes it works okay, but usually it does not. He does cut and run the break, but even that is just on his own terms. Um, it's beyond sucks. I said, sounds like he sucks. It's beyond sucks in a way that you kind of have to play him, and that's the worst part. I cannot overemphasize how many out-of-rhythm shots he takes, and he just doesn't care. Um, is fine on a bad team, but on a team with Embiid, it could cause him to request a trade within a week. I do not get this move, even as Harden insurance. Wait, hold on, let me get one more. And we'll get to the Harden thing in a second, which is a little weird. I think you would have to, you have to admit. This one you may have gotten as well. This one is not from inside, but is from somebody who I believe knows somebody who, who, who we, we, we trust. The Warriors players and coaches fucking hated Kelly Oubre so much, they had him fake an injury for the last month of the season, so just so he'd go away. They went 12 and four after he stopped playing. Well, I probably went 12 and four with him. It's the Warriors. Uh, Those yeah, are I mean, not like good he's, quotes. He's, he's, of course, he's played on bad teams and he's been like a get buckets by myself guy. Yeah. And he didn't get, he scored 20 a game last year. Yeah. And he, he didn't get a contract. I like love, it's not, it's not easy yeah. to score. I'm, I'm not like a points per game guy, but it's not yes. easy to score 20 points per game in the NBA and then not get a contract and then not get a contract. So like, yeah. it doesn't make it. He's not, he doesn't seem like a bad guy in the sense that like, there's not been stories of like, Oh, Kelly Oubre is a horrible person. He just seems like he's trying to get his shit. And hopefully he has, this is a wake up call where you go. He's 27, 28. He didn't get paid. He's on the minimum already. He thinks of himself as a better player. And so now that he's gotten those buckets on bad teams, now he can go like, okay, I'm looking at the next five to 10 years of my career. I want to be a rotation wing on good teams and prove that I deserve to be signed. I, I just have no zero problem with this trade. And if he sucks and if he's a problem in the locker room, you can cut him so easily because he's on the minimum. Um, I agree with you. I, I All fine. Just I, I'm all I'm doing is trying to temper the he was on the top of my list sort of 
Well, stuff. top of the list of like the seven guys who are still available. Like, well, it's not, this, it's not a no, good list. No, I mean the the top of the list in June. I think a lot of I I just I just want to temper the. He seems to be the perfect sixer who we all sort of think is good. I. It's just it's it is a low risk signing for sure. Absolutely, one one the lowest risk signing of all time. Well, like it's okay. just it's just incredible. Like they had. 19 centers on this roster and a bunch of there's, there's not wings on the roster. It's that modern NBA and there's barely one wing on the roster. I would like a guy with, with some size and some athleticism. And really it was like, if you don't think Tobias has the athleticism, you don't think Melton has the size. It's Dan house and nobody else. Like I'm happy to have Kelly Oubre just there. Even if he never plays just Last, the idea of someone measuring in at six, seven, six, eight, is just nice to see on a fucking modern NBA team. Last thing I just want to say, it was not just golden state that, that I obviously the golden state thing didn't go well, but I did get some feedback from not from golden state. So here's the weird part of it, which you alluded to just a couple of headlines here. Headline from side action HQ. Kelly Oubre wins battle with James Harden for Instagram model. Headline from Ace Showbiz. According to the latest internet chatter, the Houston Rock shooting guard is entangled in a love triangle with an Instagram model named Shy and Phoenix Suns player Kelly Oubre. As the story goes, James Harden was dating this girl and I guess at a party of James Harden's, she left with Kelly Oubre James Harden got so mad, he tried to, this is the story, tried to almost considered shutting the party down. And now Kelly Oubre is married to this girl. Now, that's pretty cool. I think that uh, James Harden shutting the party down is pretty much what he's done this offseason. It's a very uh, emotional reaction to his <laughs> own stuff. Cool. Um, I would say that I've already gone on record and saying that James Harden doesn't that ha have that much sex uh, or as much sex as he, the a popular opinion on him is. Yep. Uh, he does have a lot of sex. Just don't think so. I don't yep. think so. And you haven't proven for it in any way that you know that you've just been alluding to it and not saying it on the podcast. So I well, don't because think you I have cannot, I cannot say I well, can't I I offer to give it to you. I don't buy it. I only of... accept it on the podcast. I'm a man of, I'm the man of the people. I'm a man of the <laughs> listeners Fuck you. and I will not, I will not hear it off pod. Okay. Um, and I think it is, it's funny that like a one girl is, if James Harden has so much sex, one girl is going to be like the problem for him. I, that's why it's, it can't be both. I'm just saying it can't be both. Mm, and I think it it's nice both, that Kelly married her. Yes. And I think for, for her sake, Kelly Oubre is way more attractive than James Harden. Absolutely not close. So good for her. I'm a person um, who cares about for Harden, inside, not just what's outside. I know we're different like that. That's... What'd you say? I didn't hear. It. I'm a person who cares about the inside, not just the what's outside. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I speaking for uh, <laughs> this, everybody at this party yeah. um, where I may or may not have been at. I, I wasn't, but I may have, <laughs> I may have been that, but I wasn't. Yeah. Um, we all sort of got together and, and agreed that Kelly Oubre was hotter and it wasn't close. And he's probably a cooler hang. It is kind of just for what it's worth, just, you know, all, all very funny is like if they do want James Harden to come back and play, I suppose it's possible that he doesn't care anymore, but it does seem like he probably would. 
And it doesn't seem like it's one of those things, certainly at this point, that Morty would have called James Harden and said, hey, does this bother you? That would be pretty funny like if he called him and acted <laughs> like he didn't hear about the the proclamation that he'll never play for him again. Um, <laughs> Kelly Oubre from Louisiana, uh-huh. um, and he moved to the Houston area mm-hmm. uh, when he was nine because of Hurricane Katrina, which I thought is um, an interesting story. As a, as a fact, um, yeah. And the, you know, he at least grew up probably liking Harden because um, he was... He Liked was him so much, he wanted to yeah, why share not? some things, I guess. We don't know about that, but yeah. you just fall for a girl. I think it's nice, and I think it's really actually very cool. That, I didn't know that they got married. I think it's very cool that they got married. So I like it. I think it is definitely worth doing the roster. Would you uh, feel comfortable marrying a girl who slept with James Harden? Uh... I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how our all of our paths would have crossed, but <laughs> well, it just would have been her path, I guess, and, and that <laughs> then yeah. one path. Yes. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I think this is a good signing. And I, I think this stuff happens the like guys dated the same girl or whatever happens more often than we know about. Hmm. Okay. In the the personnel uh, I guess the the potential to add players, though it does not seem like the Sixers can do anything until the James Harden thing happens. Shams tweets about an hour ago after contract extension negotiations stalled out, Buddy Heald and the Indiana Pacers have started a dialogue to work on finding a potential trade with another team, league sources say. Heald is open to a trade elsewhere, according to rival team sources, but no deal is imminent and there aren't any current substantive talks with any other team. The Pacers did offer Heald an extension in recent weeks, but it's believed their proposal did not make the seven-year guard feel desired, league sources said. Heald is in the last year of his contract at $19.2 million. He is the NBA leader in three-pointers made over the last five seasons with 1,381. He's, he's, a, he's ended up having a nice little career there, Buddy Hill has. Big time. You know, he would be great to have on the team, but uh, it's not even worth, I don't think, looking at the, like what salary could make it happen. Disagree. Yeah. But I mean, they're not going to make a trade for Buddy Heald until the Harden thing's over. Uh, I don't necessarily know that. Hmm. I think that if it would, it would be Tobias, like that would be, unless somehow it's Harden, but I don't think it, uh, no, that's the first time I thought about it. And the answer do the, is no. Do, do the Pacers have, have cap room or would they would have to add? They would to, have to add. It would be the, one of the Tobias trades that I've brought up. I've the list of all the trades I've came up with over the, over these many lovely months of off season. The, the Indiana trade is buddy, uh, Tyson TJ for Tobias. Um, Tyson and TJ both have pretty inexplicably uh, an additional year on their contracts. Um, so they have two-year deals. So I would think if Daryl is unlikely to want those extra years and would rather probably Tobias expire than, than acquire those guys uh, to damage his precious cap space for next offseason. But if you go, okay, somebody else take Tyson and TJ, like, say, the Spurs... Um, and Indiana and the Sixers throw in a second round pick or something to the Spurs and then the Spurs trade the Sixers like Doug McDermott and Cam Birch or something who are expiring So the Pacers contracts. are just doing this to get Tobias Harris rather than Buddy Heald? Well, there's rumors of, well, if they don't want Buddy to be there, um, 
if they're if they're trying to trade for trade him. Uh, mm-hmm. There was rumors about Indiana being a Tobias destination in the past, um, so okay. they at least had previously some interest in Tobias. Okay. Um, and I think if the if Daryl got expiring contracts only for Tobias, he'd probably toss in a second round pick to to make that happen because Buddy would be such a better fit. So that's the very quick trade that I came up with, okay. which is Tobias uh, to Indiana. The Sixers getting Buddy and then expiring contracts of Ken Birch and Doug McDermott from the Spurs and then sending each team sending a second to the Spurs to take on Tyson TJ. Would Before you we, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty easy. I just don't, I think they're going to want more for Heald than that. That would be my guess. My guess is somebody, if they hold on to it long enough, somebody will throw in some pick or something that is better than we're offering is my, is my guess. Maybe he's expiring. Yeah. Um, I think the book on him is still like not playing defense, but although he's improved as an offensive player, he's more than just a yeah. shooter. He's a movement shooter and, he, and he's a, actually a pretty decent passer. He he's a fucking a awesome shooter. Like awesome um, shooter. Really very good shooter. Yeah. Um, and is, you know, characteristically healthy and available, et cetera. Um, it's interesting. He'd be an interesting, interesting player. And I think that they like their, you know, the Pacers like their guards behind him, whether it's Nemhard or Neesmith. Um, or Ben Matherin, those kinds of guys. Obviously, Halliburton as the centerpiece. Um, if they think Tobias would be helpful, that'd be that'd be interesting. I don't know that you know Indiana's brain trust. Once they once this is out, this this kind of stuff doesn't really leak out of Indiana very often. Um, so I wonder if this is has been going on for a while, and this is Buddy's people trying to go like, hey, somebody yeah. make an offer. I want this to be done before the season starts. And I don't know that. You know, Indiana's kind of old school owner wise. Like, I don't know that they'll just go, okay, we we're capable of being uncomfortable as well. Like they might just want this resolved. Everybody's uncomfortable. In the next of course. They just might want this resolved in the next couple of weeks if if this is happening. So I'm not sure that they're gonna get a big fat offer for for Buddy. And if they think that Tobias is a nice fit with Miles Turner, um, and, th- and that would move like, you know, Obi Toppin to the bench or you know, Jairus Walker to the bench as a as a rookie. Um, could be interesting. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out, but I, this, this is probably, I've, I've pretty long targeted Indiana as like the most likely Tobias team. Um, who because is, he's the only team in the NBA he hasn't played on yet. One of the, one of the, certainly in the Eastern conference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so we'll see. We have a very important Ricky issue coming up right after this voicemail. CJ, please come to the floor. 833 Lickface. We got this. Yo, this message for CJ, dude. This is uh, Bob calling from at Cheltenham. Yo, dude, CJ, how was it uh, getting kidnapped, man? Was that cool or what? Like, did you have like, did you have any like fun at all? Did those dudes who took you like, did you have like a connection with them? You know, like maybe you know you felt a vibe with one of them. If you did, maybe like you should um, maybe reach out, you know, sometime and just say like, yeah, what's up? Like, I'm still thinking about that, that back then when we had that time together and it was just us, you know, I don't know. Maybe you don't feel that way, but like sometimes people feel that way, you know, and I just want to ask if you were because I was worried about you when I heard about all that. I was listening to podcasts. All right. You know, you guys be good. 
keep rocking out there. All right, man. Bye. CJ? <laughs> Uh, that was Bob, was it? It was Bob, yeah. I just wanted to know if by chance when you were when you were kidnapped, if you had any feelings for any of those folks or had a good time or anything like that. Yeah, well, so I've only seen photos. I don't, I don't remember that part oh, right. of my life really at all. Um, yeah. But based on the photos, it seemed like it was eventful for sure. So maybe there were some, some mm. ups and downs in there. But uh, yeah, based, based on the photos, did you think that they were hot? <laughs> The f- were they hot? The photos? Yeah. Did you think that, <laughs> like were they hot? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would lean that way. Okay, probably. All right. Well. Okay. Hope that helps, Bob. <laughs> oh man, we got this email. It says first time in a long time. Wanted to see if I could cash in on being LL's three hundredth engagement ring purchaser by giving a wedding shout out to my friends Rob and Laura getting married this Saturday. Rob is a longtime process trustee who first turned our friend group onto the pod around the time of the Hinky interview and has been to just about every event despite the distance traveling from New York or Miami. Unconfirmed if Rob ended up buying his ring from LL or not, but my experience was top notch. Much more enjoyable than experiencing the Okafor draft at Barclays Center live with Rob and eating Taco Bell in Washington Square Park afterwards, listening to the Ricky to see if any trades were ever going to be announced. I'm anyway, still waiting for those trades to be announced. Yeah, all of us are. I died Con- on that night. Congratulations, Rob and Laura, on your upcoming nuptials. L. L. Pavorsky Jewelers is where writes Ricky Sanchez listeners going to get engaged. Of course, if you are going to buy an engagement ring, the only place you can go is to LL. He has... Over 300 Rice Ricky Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings from LL. He is the fucking best. The first sponsor of the Ricky, the longest sponsor of the Ricky. He'll be sponsoring the Ricky long after we are dead. He'll still be here. Has been at the same location at 707 Walnut for over three decades. Look, if you're going to get an engagement ring, make an appointment. So he can take good care of you, give you the attention you deserve. 215-627-2252. Send him an email, lee at llpavorsky.com. Tweet at him, at llpavorsky. Lee, a sponsor of our Bark in the Park team and Providence Animal Center, as well as our other charity, Mama T's Community Fridge, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Better than drafting Jalil Gafour and then not making any trades the rest of the night. (laughs) All right. Big Ricky issue. We kick it off with this voicemail to 833-LICKFACE. Hey, it's Mike, Mike, CJ, and Harold. Uh, Name's Alex, first-time caller. Uh, I wanted to chime in on this whole should Spike be watching the Sixers this year if Pardon is playing debate. And the answer is absolutely you should not be watching. Is this not the same podcast that Mike literally was not appearing on for five games during the playoffs because they were winning? I mean, if anything, you guys have strayed too far from your protesting roots. In the past, we had Mike refusing to say the ending bit until Hokafor was traded. There was Mike's win streak demand last year. And, and hell, Mike's even on strike in his real job for te- protesting for fair pay. I mean, Spike, it's time to start pulling your weight and not watch this team. We'll support you. Don't watch Harden. And honestly, if you do watch, I'll start to doubt how badly you really want him off the team. Thanks. Just the process. Got to agree. A challenge. <sighs> so... If, if you're just, if you had not heard this, I did at one point in frustration say that if James Harden was on the Sixers, I would not watch the Sixers this year. You got to make sure that Harris Blitzer is in the frame a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. There it is. He is, looks like he's going to be on the team, at least to start. 
I do host a Sixers podcast. You did say if he is on the roster but not playing, I should be able to watch. Yes, if he's on the roster but not playing, I think definitely watch. I think, I mean, my opinion is you don't love talking about basketball anyway. I love to, I, I do most of the talking about the basketball. I feel like you should just lean into your disgust mm-hmm. and commit to it. I think this, this caller is right, and I think it's the right way to frame it to you. That I mean, I, I've done podcasts in the dark, Spike. Like I, I've, I've, I wore masks to sh- shave my face. Like You've, it's time for you to commit to it. I think. So here, my problem though is that I do a podcast about the Sixers twice a week with you, two and a half hours a week. We're talking about the Sixers. Once the season starts it seems like it will be difficult for me to participate. Is it really just going to be storytelling and me asking you questions about the game? I think we can, I think we can work with that. <sighs> CJ could come on more CJ. David. Well, let, let me throw this he, out here. David writes in and says, Spike, I was displeased to hear that you're having second thoughts on not watching Harden play for the Sixers before the trade deadline. I propose that if you back out on your promise, then you must complete a punishment that brands you as a true Harden fan. I have three in mind for you to choose from. One, eat four vegan burgers during a single podcast while wearing a white tank top. Two, grow a beard until Harden is traded or the trade deadline passes. You must dye the beard black. Three, you must spend two and a half hours at a strip club. This must be done in one outing. What do you feel about me doing some sort of punishment in lieu of not watching the Sixers? Uh, I mean, feels light. Feels light to me. I put the count. Cal- I put the schedule into my calendar uh, yeah. two days ago. Yeah, and that is always a harrowing experience. It's a lot of games. It's so many games, it, and then there's back to backs, and I'm like, we're gonna do a pot after that one. Just going, it's so much. It's a lot to watch this team. Yeah, I think I'm giving you a gift by saying you don't have to watch them. A lot. It's a the regular season doesn't matter. B like, eventually they'll trade them. So who knows? It, maybe it's only like a month of not watching the games. There's a lot of drama to talk about on the podcast that does not stem from specifically the basketball part of the basketball team. Sure. You can look at quotes or whatever. If if there's a particular play, I think you can watch that play. But to me, it's like, and if Harden sits for one game, I think you can watch that game. But to me, if Harden plays, I, I would speak as a listener, putting myself in the listener's shoes. Yeah. I would lose respect for the podcast. If If I was watching the six, if you were watching the six after the, after claiming that you wouldn't, And then not doing it to me. It's like, oh, well, these guys just say anything. Yeah. It just, what if he never gets traded and he plays the whole season? I think if he plays the whole season, you can watch the playoffs, but I think regular season, if they make the playoffs, but I think regular season games that Harden is playing in, I think that you can, what I think you could do. Yeah. If you wanted to make it more complicated is when Harden is on the bench, I like could he watch checks that. out at like eight minutes left in the fourth or eight minutes gone in the fourth, first quarter, you know, CJ or Sixers Adam or whatever texts you the rotation. Hey, he's out. And I Tune start back watching in. that. 
And yeah. then you can start watching and then he checks in and then you have to turn it off. That might be fun. The, the only, my, honestly, one of the issues I'm thinking about is on the weeknights that we do them after games, obviously the games don't end until 9.30 or 10 o'clock. You know I get sleepy if I'm not watching the game. <laughs> like honestly, staying up until 10 o'clock is really hard if I'm not watching the game. Yeah. Can we, I'm not ready to commit to this yet. I have okay. to think about it. I feel like maybe we could ask the listeners more. I'm I'm asking for feedback. I'm asking for anybody to stand up for the fact that I should watch the Sixers. I still think I should watch. It feels wrong to not watch. Feels wrong to watch though, because then you're yeah. not a man of your word. Yeah, I want to be a man of my word. I feel like integrity is part of my brand. Is one of like the key. I think things. that I think that if you if you watch and Harden's playing, I I in good conscience couldn't tell people to listen to the podcast. <laughs> I would say maybe maybe on like when Spike has hip surgery, they can listen to that episode. Yeah. But on episodes that you're on, as, as a in, in integrityless person, yeah, I couldn't. I don't know that I could do it. Yeah, it, it, I might have to tell people to go to go to fly. That go listen it, to the fly podcasts. <laughs> Wouldn't want to do that. What they have to offer at fly? Talking about falling asleep with a catchy name. Like fly. However, how I have always said, where are you from? I say fly. <laughs> I say I'm from fly. Uh, well, I'll think about it. I do think if I do end up watching the games, the James Harden liar quote w should be directed at me and I could take that bullet from, from President Harrell. I am the now the liar. Yeah. I guess Nick who would that be? I mean... It should be you doing what it should be is you announcing in front of some children. <laughs> you will never watch a team that James Harden is a part of. That and is then the I one. guess if Harden then breaks that promise, yeah, then you would as well. Hmm. But I don't know. But then you're just as bad as him, aren't you? I got to find a hundred Chinese kids somewhere. I don't think they have to be Chinese necessarily, but they do have to be kids and they do have right. to be there for something else. Right. You have to be interrupting them. <laughs> you have to be like pausing the action of what, of what they were intended there for. Like if they were there like, Hey, I'm giving away like snacks. And then you're like, Hey, before you get your snacks, I got something else to say. Nick nurse did an interview with Kai Carlin of, I don't know if you do you remember when my dad was on that zoom when COVID had started and the Sixers did a, an online, a zoom press conference with all of the, all of the media. I don't know if you remember this. It was a very funny moment. And it, it was early in the zoom press conferences thing before they had everybody muted all at once. And they called on Kai Carlin to ask a question. And you hear my dad go, who the fuck is Kai Carlin? <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite dad moments. Anyway, the coach, the quote, Nick, as a basketball coach, how do you manage Embiid now when considering the resting policy? Nick says, I think that we're looking at it maybe a little different than people might think we might be. We're trying to get him to play more games. Our goal is that it's going up for him, not in the other direction. And some people would say, oh, that's playoffs. Is he going to be, we're just trying to get it to go the other direction? I think I'd have to hear what he's saying there. I think... I think that's just what our people here believe that he can play again, knock on wood, cross our fingers, all that stuff. 
There's always been things that can come up with that stuff, but I don't know. I believe in the guys playing as much as they can and let's see what happens. Now, of course, Nick Nurse was sort of well-known in Toronto for playing a short rotation and playing his guys lots of minutes. James Harden has always been a guy who has played a lot of minutes and a lot of games. Does this concern you at all? Or was he just doing an interview with his favorite musician friend and wasn't expecting a real basketball question in it? It it does concern me. It does? Yeah, I I don't like this. Why would I like this? It's the regular season. We have a, I don't love the back half of the roster, but we have one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you can watch Joel for the, his whole career and go like, that guy needs to play more minutes in the regular season. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand what the value in that is. I'm not saying he actually him, usually plays for, a good number of minutes in the regular season, at least in the games that he plays. You know? I mean, like yeah. sit him, sit him, you know, I would love for him to take a week off from time to time, but he plays pretty much pretty regularly. He only sits when he has an actual injury he's dealing with. They now have a backup center that I trust and another backup center that I am intrigued by in Mobamba. Excited to see that. The idea that the answer is Embiid more regular season minutes. It's not like you're playing him. You can, he's playing 35, 33, 35 minutes a game. You can try shit during the regular season, then that's still a significant amount of time to like let him work in your system. It's not going to go like in the playoffs, Matt. I just wish we had played him 37, 38 minutes a night instead. I, I don't understand this at all. I think keeping him fresh and keeping other guys ready. I was concerned. I mean, my issue with, with Nick Nurse in Toronto, and there were a couple, was him having such a short bench for most of the season. And I was like, maybe he just, and, and, the, and the lack of shooting. And maybe I was like, maybe he just doesn't believe in the guys right. Sai acquired. And he's just, uh, you know, they don't have a good working relationship and he's not as involved on the, in the personnel decisions. That's why he's only going like a seven or eight man rotation sometimes. And it's like, if that's not the case, what are we doing? <laughs> like, right. Why do we have why do we have twenty one guys on the roster right now? If Nick's going to play, you know, a third of them, and I, to me, it's just make sure you know, let him work through stuff, try things, let him work through mistakes in the regular season, absolutely. But the idea that he plays the most regular season minutes of his career after being the MVP when he was when he was going for it last season, I, I don't understand this at all. It is a little concerning given his history and when we had, shoot, who was the Toronto guy we had on? He was great. Uh, the Toronto reporter? Blake yeah. Murphy. Yes, yeah, Blake Murphy. Yeah. Just, he said the same thing. It just, given his history, it's a little concerning, of course. Especially Why, because- what, I mean, what does he seem like, what does that help, I guess? Like, what does that... Well, he did say more games, and it just seems like the games that Embiid misses are for actual injuries. Yeah. I actually can't remember him missing games due to over the last couple of years, generally due to rest. Most of the games he misses, a he's couple back to backs, yeah, here and there. But but yeah, I mean, the last two games, last two seasons, he's played sixty eight and sixty six games, and that's fine. 
And I think like I, I actually think most of the games that he missed were injury games. His his minutes played per game, thus minutes played total as well over the last four seasons has gone up. Can I guess minutes played per game? I'm not looking at his stats last year. I bet it was around 33 and a half or 34. 34 and a half. There you go. Yeah, that's enough minutes for a seven foot, 275 pound guy. Yeah. It's enough minutes. Yeah. Yes. The right streak. What what are we doing? What's going on? And it's not like it's relaxing minutes. He's not PJ Tucker in the corner. He's doing everything on both ends. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. The Rice Ricky Sanchez brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. CJ, Norman's sleeping on the fucking Big Barker yet? Yeah, at first he thought there was treats in it or something, so he was (laughs) digging into it. But Pro Tip here, wash the cover with their blanket, gets their Uh, smell on it, and then they they start to know that it's theirs. We used to put... I had his dog for a week and a half. He's giving pro tips out. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> we we used to put a t-shirt of Val's on the bed so it smelled like her, so we would lie on it. The Big Barker is the only dog bed your dog should be sleeping on. Rebel sleeps on Big Barker. Norman sleeps on Big Barker. You go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky and you get the Big Barker dog bed with the process pup patches. Send us a photo so we can put them in the gallery. It's a different kind of thing, the Big Barker. It's better. It is engineered by experts to keep your dog's joints healthier i mean how many beds do you hear are actually proven by pen vet to keep your dogs your dog healthier the the beds that you see generally you hear rebel downstairs he's knows the big barker ad generally when you see these beds they look like big pillows that's not what your dog should be sleeping on it sounds comfortable but if you slept on a pillow you would wake up and you'd be creaky and stiff and all that kind of stuff you need a supportive mattress a real bed it's a real difference you, as a dog owner, have to keep your dog healthy, have to give your dog a great life. That's on you. It's your only job. And the best way to do that, as far as beds go, is a Big Barker dog bed. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. There's a 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial. If you don't like it, if you are not thrilled, not only will they give you a full refund, they'll pay for the shipping to bring it back. It is handmade in the USA. Big Barker dog bed. Wow. Mike, I'm going to plant this seed for later on in the pod. I just need to know if you want me to read the sex email that we got in. I just want to plant that in your brain. Do you want me to read the sex email? This email comes from Guy. Hi, Spike, Mike, Harris, Blitzer, Sports and Entertainment, Basketball Thought. I get where everyone is coming. Go valuations. I get where everyone is coming from when you say playing less games in a season means everyone has to get paid less. But could everyone still get paid the same amount while playing less games if we value the games less and what happens off the court more? I think a player or a team has worth when they're putting in time outside of a game to practice, strategize, and train to reduce the number of games in a season, keep the same length season, and maintain salaries. We have to value what happens outside of games more. I'm guessing games are valued more than what happens off the court because the ad revenue that comes from cable broadcast to games far outweighs the ad revenue from social media coverage of everything else that happens outside of the games. But the league is facing the challenge of the cable viewership diminishing. What if the reduced number of games in a season allows this time to film a streaming service exclusive television series on the stories that happen outside of the game? It adds monetary value 
to the work that the players put in off the court and lets you justify less games for the same pay. Formula One and NFL do this with great success. I don't see why the NBA couldn't do the same. By the way, NFL has added games over the last five years. So it is just not realistic. It's a great idea. It doesn't work. The, the, The revenue that comes from the gate and the advertising from the games is like most of the money that they make. It just, I, I know it's a, it's a bull, maybe 20 years ago, you could have made this, but, but even that number is, is shrinking that they have to make up for otherwise. It's just not realistic. I'm sorry. It's a nice idea. I just don't think it's realistic. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that, uh, as a writer on strike, uh more reality from shows. companies <laughs> i mean not more reality shows in the sense of like that's the answer i like yeah. a lot of reality shows right but the idea that like there's a they can make up a dozen games or something because they have like a streaming show <laughs> when yeah. Yeah. they're being like pretty stingy about their their <laughs> proprietary data and yeah. paying people anyway like i don't i don't know if that's gonna make up for like 12 games per team around the league. Yeah, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. A jigsaw related to the above, would you rather work a six-day work week or work a four-day work week, but you also has, have to be part of an office-style documentary while you're at work? I would... Uh, no, go ahead. I would... I, there's, I could not... I, I don't officially do a six-day work week, though I sort of feel like I do. I, I would much rather have a four day work week and be part of an office style documentary. I think that would suck, but I would just try to be as low personality as I could to try to stay out of the show. But I, I think I'm almost certainly would want a four day work week. That sounds amazing to me, honestly. Yeah. Four day work week, uh, would be sick and should exist a writer's room on television. Like an actual writer's room would be, I think pretty boring to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody would not actually be, you know, a third as funny as they are if the if like cameras are right. there. So I I wouldn't like that, but I would like four days of work week. Also, right now the it's a zero day work week uh, because we aren't strike. Although picketing about three days a week, so unclear. Eight three three lickface is the phone number. Basketball question. What is the more efficient pick and roll partnering? Is it Paul Reed and Mo Bamba or Tobias Harris and Danny Green? All current. Ball handler doesn't matter. Non-basketball question. Oh, who's more likely to have a song made about them? Mo Bamba or Paul Reed? Right. Well, there's already a Mo Bamba song. So. There's got to be Paul Reed songs too. So I, I'm going to say both of them. Um, Danny Green pick and roll with Tobias Harris. I don't see much roll. <laughs> pick and pick and pop would be fine yeah. for Tobias. Obviously, Tobias a, a solid ball handler and a pick and roll. Um, but I'm intrigued by a by a b-ball bamba pick and roll. Oh shoot, that was an error. I'm sorry. I I'm really kidding. intrigued by a b-ball bamba pick and roll. Pick and pop, pick and roll. I need some lobs. God, I need some lobs this season. Holy shit! Somebody, anybody, throw a lob. I, Kelly Oubre can catch a lob, right? He can absolutely assume. catch a lob. He can yeah. and will. Um, really throws down some nice dunks. I really like a left. I I, I love left-handed uh, 
people, players. My mom's left-handed. My brother's left-handed. I Neither of them are great shooters, I will say. Uh, I like watching lefties shoot, but I also like watching lefties dunk. So uh, I would love some of those uh, for for this year, for sure. This comes from Matt, writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Are we sure that the Sixers aren't handling the Harden offseason well? It seems like their other options were one, letting him walk in free agency while remaining basically capped out this year. Two, bringing back a happy Harden on a multi-year deal, multi-year Harden-friendly deal. Or three, bringing back a disgruntled Harden on a multi-year team-friendly deal. Seems to me that getting him to opt in and getting a disgruntled Harden on a one-year expiring that puts him in a contract year is better than all the other options. Maybe he decides to play well for his next contract, or maybe the team gets desperate and you can trade him. Worst case is he comes off the books the following year when you aren't capped. Really seems like the best result to me. Well, I mean, I think that this was not all in their control, right? But yeah, like, he opted in. They didn't really have an option. They didn't have an option. But even like if the Sixers could have gone, okay, let's do one of these three options, you can't say bring back a happy Harden on a multi, multi-year multi fr- Harden-friendly deal is obviously like overpaying him when there wasn't anyone, yeah, you know, bidding it on the other side of it. A disgruntled Harden on a multi-year team-friendly deal I think is what they wanted. But he uh, didn't allow that, essentially. The Sixers were slow to, you know, they were waiting to see what other offers would be there. They maybe dragged their feet. They blamed the tampering thing. And then Harden, you know, canceled the party uh, in in uh, Kelly Oubre wife parlance. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then now, and then he opted in. So it's, I, I, think, I think they would have been very happy going Harden two years, I don't know, 84 million. They would have been great with that. Yeah. But he didn't want to do that. He wanted them to trade him. And so, because he was offended by the Sixers and probably by the league at large. Um, And now we don't know what's going to happen. It could end up in him just being a disgruntled playing on on this expiring contract. Or it could end up with them trading him for something. So, I, I think it's hard to know what is like, this is the best result because we don't know the result yet. 833 Lickface is the phone number. Mike, Mike, CJ, Justin. First of all, I'm going to try to not say um, so psychotic Spike doesn't have to go through and take any out. I would like to ask a question to CJ. I feel like we don't get enough CJ thoughts about the Sixers. So my basketball question for CJ is, which young Sixer is he most excited about and why is it Terquavion Smith? Um, and then my non-basketball question is going to be if he was stuck uh, on an island by himself, and I know I just said, uh, what is two movies that he would bring with him to watch for the rest of his life? Thanks. Ooh, the movie question is good. I don't know if I'll have electricity to watch the movie, so that might be a little <laughs> difficult. Yeah, and even gonna, if you did, it'd be like, the gonna, first thing I do with that electricity is not going like, time to pop on a movie that I've seen. <laughs> Can you imagine CJ looks in his bag and he's like, what do I have here? Two DVDs. Two DVDs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not really all about. Uh, Sixers, I'm really not excited about it. I would say B-Ball Paul, just because we have that connection. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not optimistic. That's probably why I'm not voicing my opinion that often. So. <laughs> also because you're the producer. 
That's also true. Yeah. As and the movies, two movies. Um Saw One, the original. Wow. That's and one of your two desert island you movies. Are trapped on an island forever. Yeah. And you're like, let me watch some torture porn. Yeah. <laughs> Can I watch some torture porn? And <laughs> sicko. And the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, what the fuck God, is wrong CJ, with you? Got, get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. He's fucking lying. He's just a liar. I had no idea we had fucking a liar. Sick fuck. This comes from William, right? Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Spike almost had me saying that Harden is going to show up and just play basketball. But let's play this out. James only has two goals, get traded to the Clippers and score one last big contract. He has two options for the first part, play hard and make them want him for the bounty the Sixers want or be so annoying that, that they trade a dollar for three quarters. So now we're banking on Nick Nurse, convincing him that the first way is the best approach. But is it? He's making same money this year, no matter what. And there's three main risks of being an all-star. One, He's so good, the Sixers decide they're better with him. Two, he ends up staying and definitely still doesn't get a big contract. Or three, he gets hurt. And that plays into the second part. If he eventually gets traded to the Clippers, does he have a better shot of getting a big contract if he plays with Kawhi and PG or just one of them? So while I want him to play hard and get something good in return, it's probably in his best interest to stay healthy and not play due to imaginary back spasms and be such a distraction that they eventually trade him for Bones, Rocco, and a second round pick. Then he gets to play fresh for about half a season, convince another fan base it's where he wants to be and signs for four years, $100 million. It, In short, we are fucked. Stop being optimistic. I mean, I think it's likely that some phantom injury keeps him out for some time. Maybe. I, I don't know how media day is going to go. Right. We're really, it's very weird to go like, there is a borderline drop dead date that we know we're all building towards. We are, the ship is steering right at this iceberg mm-hmm. and we don't know what's going to happen. Um, he either shows up or he doesn't show up and then we'll find out. I find it hard to believe and have found it hard to believe for many months now that he simply shows up to work and does his darndest to help <laughs> the team win. That seems not in character for the guy after what he has said this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also understand. I don't, I don't know what like him looking, him sabotaging the team from the inside really looks like. The, con- the injury concern on his end going, if I get injured this year, what, is, what does that mean for my future contract? I, I don't know. So it's hard to see him doing anything, honestly. Every scenario seems unlikely. So it's a little bit like what has the plurality of happening, I guess. Um, but I, I really don't know. I, I, I can't wait to find out. What an, exciting, <laughs> what an exciting season of Sixers we have to look forward to. So I will read one more voicemail. It's either voicemail X or the sex voicemail. Or the sex email. They're both emails. The sex email or email X. Let's sit on the sex email. We already talked about sex on this podcast. Let's let's space it out. Okay. All right. It is an epic sex email. That's what I'm just going to say. That's what epic everyone has sex. to look forward to. Yeah. So sexy, you're going to want to wear a Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment penny while, oh, while listening. You probably fashion this into a bra. 
This comes from Eric. Dear Spike, Mike, and CJ, I'm a Raptors fan from Toronto, but you guys consistently have the best basketball pod in the NBA. Always entertaining. I wish the Raps media and pod hosts could call balls and strikes like you guys, but they don't because they either work for Bell or Rogers or they worry about their press credentials getting pulled by the Raptors if they ask tough questions. Very funny to imagine like the psychotic things I've done and said on this podcast being like, I'm just calling balls and strikes. (laughs) Simply an umpire here. When you said that you hope they're president of basketball operations died soon you are just calling it like it is saying it Who like is it is. well jerry I, I don't know what his his title was but you were you did hope that jerry died i know? knew that it would happen eventually and still will <laughs> so there's no, no, sure. no avoiding it my question is about the process i don't understand where the raps are going for the last two years now and i think they should blow it up and restart I've put this to Doug Smith of the star and he responds. There's no guarantee of success. Look at the Pistons. You want to sign up for eight years of that? He, Masai, what want to seem to hang around the rim in mediocrity and wait for the next Kawhi trade to present itself and unload assets. Then how do you process? How do you view the process from today? Looking back, was it the right thing to do? Would you advocate for the Sixers to do it again in a similar kind of post Joel world where, uh, to where they were? In my view, it was the right thing to do, yada, yada, yada. What do you think? Would the yeah. NBA allow it again? Uh, I do agree. The allow Raptors, what? Well. Allow what? Every, yeah. there's All the teams that are bad are trying to like get some assets that they could eventually turn into something. There's no allowing it. Like, I, I think if you're bad, you're trading good players for future picks. I think the the truth is, is that, and and Oklahoma City has shown this, even though they were only actually bad for like two years, but the Sixers were only bad for three years. So that's it. whatever. That's I, fine. The biggest, honestly, and this is the truth. And it is, I think we would all admit this looking back. And I think he would admit it as well, is that while what he did was correct, Sam could have managed it better from a political standpoint within the league with players, with agents, with other teams. And he, he quite simply did not, he couldn't see like the forest for the trees, as they say, like the, the, the things that he said didn't matter, that all that really mattered was the players and the picks and da, 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 da. There are other things that you need to do to extend your lifespan, to be able to do those other things. And the truth is if the Sixers had done what they were doing, but done it in a more, in a softer political way and handled those relationships better with the media as well, then he would have been cut there would have been more slack and he just didn't, he did not get the slack that he could have gotten. And I think he would, I think looking back on it, he would say that he should have handled those things better and it would have given them a better chance to finish. Yeah. And and had they hired, they brought someone on as like, you know, every time there's a, you know, a young hot prospect type, they bring in an old ass Elton brand, Udonis Haslam, Danny green, whatever style person to just be their veteran. Like they could have done that for Hinky. They tried to, except they brought on the league force, Jerry Colangelo onto them who obviously was sabotaging it for, for the entire time. If they brought on some, I don't know, Danny fucking fairy or some, some old, old head to just sit there and go like, yeah, I'll handle the, Tad Brown, I don't know. I don't know who does stuff and how they do stuff in 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 the NBA, but like just somebody to like shake the hands and grease the wheels and talk to talk to agents and do all the bullshit, then he probably would still be here. Also, I think probably 
had we not existed, he might have still been here if we didn't rile up hundred percent. If we didn't create this whole war of things and just let him do what he was doing in peace instead of, you know, probably fucking but, I mean, banners for him. I, the, the argument of the, there's so many, I've heard so many like anti-process arguments over the years. It really is like such a, the, all you have to do is start to say like one or two words. And I immediately know the rest of the argument you're going to say, because it's so obvious and, and thoughtless. Nothing works. Obviously nothing works to win a championship. Right. You can't have 12 teams win a championship in the same year. It doesn't work. One team wins it. So if, if that's the measure of success, then that's what it is. Uh, the best, uh, we know this, the best way to fucking do it is to have a goddamn superstar. And the best way to get a superstar is to draft at the top of the draft and have multiple shots at it so you don't draft James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley and fucking whoever, Okafor. Um, I am also confused by what the Raptors are doing. Yeah, I find it very confusing. I find it confusing that they, that it was they were so aghast that they would trade Scotty Barnes a couple of years ago for Kevin Durant. I unless they really think they're getting Giannis, unless they think they really can land Giannis, they might get yeah. Giannis. There's been there's starting to be more rumors. You know, uh, our friend Kyle Newbeck brought up like Chicago as a Dame potential location in a three team. Like something's going to move. Giannis is currently we haven't talked about this, but Giannis is like not angling to get out of Milwaukee, but at least threatening the idea of it. Um, if it doesn't work out and he had a, obviously they had a very disappointing season and first run exit to, to Miami. I think Masai is too smart to go. Yeah. We're happy to just win 43 games and something will happen. I think he is not finding, I think it's weird that he let Van Vliet walk for nothing. I think the idea of Siakam walking for nothing is also pretty strange. He's on an expiring contract, Ananobi close behind. So I think something is going to happen in Toronto soon. Um, but I, it, it is, Masai is really holding his chips together until he finally pounces. I think he's planning a number of options, but things have to break right for him. So that's why, that's why I've considered Toronto a potential hardened destination because it's like, what are they doing? What really are they doing? Why not at least take a shot with some of the guys that they have this year? Um, Why don't you take a shot a and guard? trade your best player for James Harden? <laughs> but their best player is a 43-win team or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to me, it's like, I, I don't think... I, I think OG, Scotty, and Siakam are relatively to very repetitive with each other. And they need someone that can organize the offense and get guys easier looks. And Harden is obviously very capable of that, despite his drawbacks in other ways. I, maybe they don't like Harden. Maybe it's not possible. Blake, when we talked, seemed to think like it was a possibility. He didn't. He didn't. Didn't deny the idea of like he didn't dismiss it out of hand. Um, the idea of Harden going to to Toronto, but um, somewhere there is a Sixers style whiteboard of their plans if things break right of options that they could do. And unfortunately, no one has, no Raptors employee have has uh, graciously tweeted that picture yet. So we don't know what it is. Uh, but maybe maybe soon they will. We'll talk to you next time. I will continue to think about whether I'm going to watch the Sixers if James Harden's on the team or not. It yep. would be very tough to do the podcast without watching. You know, I joke about, I'd, I obviously love basketball. I like watching the team. I just think the regular season is a lot of the same basketball. 
over and over again. That's all. Speaking of the regular season, mm-hmm. the blouses improved to one and one yesterday. I coach basketball in Los Angeles. Coach, 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 Mike, 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 coach, Mike. Mike. What you that? I ran a one-two-one zone. Coach, my ass off. One and nice. one, you say? One and one. Nice, nice win. Nice okay. win last night. Good to get the uh, upper division first game out of the way. It was wor- it didn't want to, didn't want to start getting into a hole and thinking that we weren't good enough for the for the bump. What is what is the difference? Would you say in the gameplay and the level of competition between upper division and the previous division that you were in? There were a couple like really bad teams in the lower division. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a couple good teams. Obviously, the the team that we beat the championship also got bumped up with us. They're they're actually the team that we beat yesterday. Um, but we watched some other games, the games before us, games after us. We kept an eye on it, and it's there's they're definitely better players. Um, I would say, uh, top to bottom, better players. Whereas the lower division has some good players, but a couple people that are that are much more weak links and exploitable. I would say. Hmm. Interesting. Well, good luck. How many games in the season? I think like nine. Okay, and then playoffs. And then playoffs. Where one the one-two-one one. one zone could we, happen? Could we win another championship, Spike? Could I go? Could I go two in a row as a coach on top of my three in a row as fantasy executive? That would put you as a coach with one more championship than one Doc Rivers. Well, now, now that's the only thing that matters. To me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. We are accepting all. Harris Blitzer gear from inside the yes, organization. Please. You, yeah. I want a full wardrobe <laughs> of Harris Blitzer turnpike throwdown. Stylish. CJ, I'll, I'll let you know how many compliments I get on this <laughs> in the game I'm about to play in. CJ would bring Saw, the first Saw. <laughs> Fucking psycho. Thought about it. Great. I'm switching out Saw for Free Solo. That's oh, Free Solo is a great movie, but man, would make me. Have you seen Free Solo, Mike? No. Oh, it is. CJ, just come back up. So Free Soul, do you know what it's about? I probably do. But so it's know. a documentary about a guy that basically climbs rock, right, like right, giant yes. rocks. That is but, what I thought it was about. Yeah. Yeah. But does not, is not like connected to the, yeah. like, that, that's what free soloing is. So he could fall and die at any time. I guess CJ would think of himself as, a, as free soloing the, the deserted island. Yes, sort of. There's any problems there? I'm gonna I'm gonna solve them. Have Have you seen the movie? Basically, that's like about free soloing, but on ice. The Alpinist. Yes. Yeah. That guy is so crazy that the free solo guy is in it, and he's like, "Ah, this motherfucker's crazy, right?" Mark Mark Andre. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck, man. Both worth watching and heavy anxiety. If you. uh... All right, we'll talk to you next time. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't won't fuck fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you!